0: as mothers you know we we are called to be those who are leading guiding teaching all of that but that's what i've loved in that journey that i've been able to learn as much from my children i think probably even more about god and you know just what he has for us and and seeing him work in the kids lives you know really then spurs us on i think as parents
1: hello and welcome I'm Tanya Reason, and this is The Gospel According to Mum, the show where we discuss the transformational work done in us by Jesus Christ as we live out motherhood and discipleship with Him. My guest on this episode is Jenny Greaves. Jenny is a mum of over 25 years. She's an associate director of a successful tourism business, a worship leader, and universal mum to countless youth service and smash camp attendees over many years. In the first part of this episode, we discuss how God came to find Jenny after her first child was born. Unexpectedly drawn to the church, first by her husband's returning faith, then by not only her own children, but the neighbor's kids as well, Jenny found herself drawn to the Lord through song and children's Bible stories. So, Welcome, Jenny. Thank you for being here this morning. No, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm really excited as I was Mm. reading through the notes that you you sent through to me preparing for the conversation. Um, Because your story is so far unique
0: Mm. in that
1: um, God came to you and found you um, when you were already a mum. Correct. Yes. And that's, that's a really interesting position to be in. So we're going to explore oh. that a bit more deeply as we go along. Good. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of start there. So um, you grew up in a, a non-religious home mm-hmm. um, and then you were married and it was when you had your first child that you oh. started to think about church. How did that mm.
0: unfold? <laughs> God is so very, very interesting in the way that I think he's worked in our lives when we don't even know that he's there. And I think that's what I love about God. And looking back, I know that he had Mark as a husband for me and um, neither of us traveling with the Lord at the time. And so you enter into this marriage in a worldly way and then all of a sudden you have a husband who decides that church is a part of that. And when you haven't grown up in that, it becomes, oh, what is this all about? I didn't sign up to that. This is something very new. But there was always something that drew me to the church. And so after I got over being the teenager late in life and sleeping in and pretending I was asleep on a Sunday morning so I didn't have to go to church with him, children, Got you up early, <laughs> yes. and children needed to be with family, and so we started attending church. And um, it was really interesting to see how that captivated me, how the worship in song captivated me, and having children kept, I think, an impetus to get to get to church and to be involved with other families. But for me, it was that's where I found God, and just being captivated is probably the right word Mm. captivated by music and what scripture came to me through song rather than I guess a normal upbringing of the Bible and and you know being involved in church and having heard sermons I had none of that but gee I met him in song Mm.
1: and I loved that and that's probably where my journey with him started yeah that's so interesting because um You hear a lot of stories about how people are sort of drawn men particularly are drawn by their wives mm. often hear it that mm. way around yes and as you were talking about really it was your children mm. that sort of drew you in mm. it reminds me of that line where paul says which women are saved through childbirth and mm. you people flinch when they yes. read that but the, the longer i spend with these yeah. conversations the more i see mm-hmm. how much of the the work of salvation mm. takes place mm. for women through our children mm. Mm. um yeah that's that's really interesting
0: and so seeing, I think, the children's, you know, even though we just had Luke at the time in in our first church that we were in, but seeing how quickly children just adapt into that environment, Mm. you know, for them, it's quite a natural environment. Whereas for me, it was like, okay, what's going on here? I didn't sign up for this. Um, I just need to back off a little bit, work out what's going on. But for the children, yeah. You know, for Luke, it was just, well, this is just part of what it is. This is what we do. It's accepting. It's it's my place that I'd be in on a Sunday to the point that we ended up bringing our neighbours' children to church with us because mm. they didn't want to go to church, but they, they knew the value of having their kids at church. Mm. So Sunday morning, we would pack our baby and take the two toddlers next door and off we'd go to church. And so I found myself very early taking them down to kids church and things like that and being a mum, which was very foreign to me. Very, very
1: foreign. So right from that early stage, because we'll, we'll talk a bit later about how you've become a sort of universal mum. <laughs> right from that mm. early stage, mm. God has sort of given you extra kids yeah. to, to bring in. <laughs> to keep me busy. <laughs> yeah. Make sure I get there, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> she's going <any> to need reinforcements. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Yeah. Um, and so... Do you feel that that through that really God came for you? Mm, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Now that I look back, and I think in the in the moment, particularly as a mum you were so busy, you know, and Luke particularly had quite a few, um, he had infantile infantile eczema. Mm -hmm. And so his first 18 months was not great. Um, You know, I felt like a nurse more than a mum at times with him. Mm -hmm. But I think looking back, I could now that I know who God is, I can see him in every step of that journey, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in giving me what I needed at the time in every, you know, in every step of you know yeah. Luke's development, but just yeah, us developing as a family through that, and what church was going to look like, mm. which you know for twenty something years I'd never had any of, and all of a sudden this has become, and now when I look back, that became such a saviour yeah. to who I am and my who my closest people are that I rely on um, in my day to day life. So, yeah,
1: he yeah.
0: certainly came after us, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: then the sending of, of the right people, not just the children, but also the mature Christians around mm. you. You mentioned that as well, um, particularly role-modelling prayer. Because mm. mm. prayer is something that we've talked about before in these podcasts um, about how difficult it is mm. to find um sort of quiet times for prayer and the way we work around Mm. that as mothers yep but you were also finding your feet Mm. at the same time Mm. so how did that Mm. develop really interestingly and I think it probably
0: wasn't until we moved to Arana um, and just being embraced there and again God is so good you know we had moved home Um, there were health issues in our family with mum and dad and we'd moved back to Brisbane. And we were searching for a church that was family friendly. Mm. I was pregnant with Bella at the time. And we walked into Irana Hills to see one of um, my best friends from high school, who I had not had any touch with for a long time. Mm. And he and his wife, and I think they had three kids by that stage, were the first people that we spied as we walked in. And you know, and I, I know again, that was a thing that, oh, this is okay. Because mm. I didn't know him in a setting Of Christ, either. You know, we went to high school together. There was never any talk of God. There was never anything. You know, he was one of my best friends at high school. And all of a sudden, here he is with a Christian wife and doing the Christian thing. And it was like, oh, this must be okay. All right. Okay. No problem. Um, And the women that surrounded us at that point. A lot of them are still there today, Mm. and I love that. And just watching them and how they reacted to things, um, and I guess, you know, in their service, for me, prayer was a lot more about the blessing of what they gave. But the actual words of prayer and how that all happened came very slowly to me. And I remember feeling very, very inadequate, um, you know, but very driven to contribute to prayer. And so if there was someone who needed prayer... I was always very conscious that I didn't know the right words to say. I didn't have the lingo, Mm. so to speak, to say. I didn't have the right words to say. But then I would be blessed because people would come up to me and say, thank you for that. Mm. And I'd go, okay, I didn't use anything from the Bible. I didn't pull out a scripture verse. I just said what I would normally say. Mm. And I think that took me a while to get over the fact that I didn't have to pray the words that people would hear, Mm. if that makes sense, you know, the right words. I didn't need to focus on the right words. I actually just needed to say and be obedient. So if God gave me, and I've always had this, he'll put someone there, or if I go up and speak with them, then just say whatever it is Mm. that comes to mind. And it might be clumsy, and you might have no idea. But the one thing I've learned is if we are faithful in doing that, He is always faithful in letting us know that he's proud of what we've done, I think. There'll be a comment or there'll be a look or uh, you'll just know that you've said the right thing Mm. or you've touched somebody in a physical touch while you're praying for them in your head. Um, And so for me, it's it's taken a long time to learn that there is no one right way to pray.
1: Mm. You don't have to say the right words. You have to have the right heart. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's right. I think it's hard too. To sometimes it's hard to remember that we're not talking to the people in the room. We're talking to God. Absolutely, and He knows what we Absolutely. mean. Absolutely, don't you know? Even if we, you know, use some of my daughter's mm. made-up words, Absolutely. He would know what we meant <laughs> if we couldn't get it together. Correct.
0: Yeah, and He uses it, and I think that's what I've seen other women do. Um, you know, and I've seen them rally,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, and I've seen that call to when people are not well or there are mm-hmm. circumstances. I've just seen the women rally to that and and I was, yeah, I guess that's what took me back that women um, that I I guess yeah looked up to that there were role models that I thought these are women I'd actually really love to know more. I'd love yeah. to be not like them that's not the thing I think it was I want to be with them Mm. um, and I want to learn from them Mm. Um, and and so I think I have gleaned that and I've honed that um, over the years as to okay Lord all right we've got to take this prayer thing seriously so yes we can do that but we have to be intentional in how we pray as well Mm. Um, at any time you ask us to pray You can be driving in the car, you can be lying in bed, you can be, you know, making the meals, you can do whatever. When God brings someone to your mind,
1: he wants you to pray. Yeah.
0: And there's no one else around. Yeah.
1: And he uses that. Trusting his timing. And that's, Mm. I think that's essential as a mum. Because sometimes you have to pray in the middle of... Everything. Yeah. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Cleaning up. inappropriate circumstances. That's when you need to pray. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and that's okay. And not forgetting to pray for yourself as well.
0: Mm. I think as mums, that was probably my hardest thing to learn. I'm very good at praying for other people.
1: Mm.
0: But when it's, even when it's, you know, the whole house is gone to put, you know, you've got all this cleaning up to do, you've got things to do. Learning to say, oh, Lord, look at this. I really need your help um, was really hard for me. Because I grew up being independent, being, I can do this. Right.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, um, I don't need to ask anybody's help. But oh my goodness, doesn't it? It just makes such a difference oh, yeah. <laughs> when you're in the midst of it all <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: and you can be having a great prayer conversation with God.
1: Yeah. And that's where mums need to find that time. Yeah. The hands and feet. And that's something mm. that comes up later too. Frequently, mm. I'm asking for help and... My husband will walk through the door and mm. I'll think, Not him, you! <laughs> <laughs> but of course, he's what I need. At Absolutely. That time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And then those women that God sends to you, that, those are the mm. people. It's so intertwined, isn't it? Absolutely. God and, and his people. Absolutely. The scripture that you reference is 1 Timothy mm. 4 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech, and conduct, mm-hmm. in love, in faith, and in purity. And I think that was a two-way street for you, wasn't mm, it? Absolutely. You were finding that for yourself and mm. also these people around you mm. who, were, who were leading you forward into mm. that as well. Mm. And a lot of
0: them were young people. You know, and so I guess we're fast forwarding, you know, probably 15 years into the story. And, um, you know, my son Luke has a a great cohort of youth friends and, um, you know, just being part of their lives, but learning so much from them. And I um, I think that's where God has really used the whole mum thing and showing me that actually you can be a biological mum. That's great, mm. but there are other kids out there who need spiritual mums, um, and I probably never knew that term at that point. Um, but you know, our house became a place where they just came, mm. and they would stay. You know, and we would have meals, and you know, and they would start calling me mum. Mm. And but I saw these amazing young people with a faith that at the time I saw was so much greater than mine. Mm. Such a faith and a belief um, in what God would do for them, what God had done for them. And two in in particular in our church, they come from non-Christian homes. And Mm. so I think I could identify with that. Um, And then having that ability to not step into their parents' shoes. And I think the Lord has always been very good at making me mindful of that. Mm. Um, But, catching up with them and talking through life with them and just making sure they were on the right track. Mm -hmm. But then it would turn into a conversation of, well, how are you going, Jenny? And let's pray. And Mm -hmm. I read this Bible verse today and look at this. And I'd go, oh yeah. Okay. We should be talking about God. Okay. Um, And, and I think again, looking back, God, God shows you and He leads you. And we were at one of these one of these friends' significant birthday um, two weeks ago. And in his family speech, so he had his family and then he had church family. In his family speech, his mum got up and said the same things. And then she looked at me, and she thanked me by name for looking after her son when he found that there was something missing in his life, and he turned to church. And they had no idea what that meant. Mm. And she looked, you know, in this... And I'm thinking, going, oh, thank you, Lord, that's filling me up. Yeah. But for her to say, you know, her to thank me for never stepping into her shoes but knowing that he was safe in an environment yeah. because I was there. And I had always made a big effort to, whenever they did come or we met, just to make sure that knew them, you know, let them know that, you know, it's not anything sinister or it's yeah. not anything, you know, that's going to take their son away from them.
1: Yeah. Um. It's, um, <clears throat> it reminds you never to uh, be um, disparaging, I suppose, mm. about your past life experiences, mm. While there's work to do in all of us yes. to get things fixed up, um, the the road that you've been on is mm. is, the, is God's plan from the beginning mm. for His kingdom. And isn't that phenomenal? Mm. When we look back and go, okay, all the things you would go, oh, shouldn't have done that. But yes. Then actually, <laughs> you know. God takes it all, and yeah. it's all for His purpose. Yeah, mm. and it is,
0: and I think that's what gives me the ability to speak into some of these young people's lives, mm. and um, you know, some of the stories I've told them, and they just think it's hilarious, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so these, these children that have grown up. You know in christian homes and you know um for them that's all they know and and you know and now our kids are all in their 20s and you know so their friends are 20s 30s that sort of thing um you know and so we're sharing some of these stories and they just think it's hilarious um and it's like well that i didn't know any different god didn't have me in a in god had me in that space he didn't have me in a church space at that time yeah. but i'm really thankful for that
1: yeah. That's a really key point, isn't it? I didn't mm. know any different because we, we always take this sort of stance of judgment. Once we know better, mm. it's very easy to turn around and go, Why are you doing these yeah. things? But before we knew, we didn't yeah. know, no. you know. That's right. <laughs> and it's the same yeah. for everyone else <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is going to be very powerful for those kids who have mm. grown up knowing better. Yes. To go out in the world and have some mm. compassion mm. and not realize that it's not that way for everyone. Yes, correct. Yeah. Mm. Um, so in those early years, just to, to backtrack again, um, you had both both children with severe mental eczema mm. and, and severe allergies, yes. reducing you to the role of nurse, mm. which is, that's quite a... Um, I was going to say humbling, but it's not really that, is it? The role of nurse is self-denial. Because mm. you have no choice. Yeah, no. You, can't, you have to put no. them first. Mm. That's quite a a strong Mm. lesson to have learned right Mm. at the beginning of Mm. motherhood. Absolutely
0: and having no basis of any experience in that you know, Mm. no of that nursing, never had any sickness in the home, you know, that sort of thing and also, you know, children, you know, I mean, we had, I come from a family of my sister and I, um, you know, she hadn't had or well, doesn't have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't as if we came. and then a boy came along first up. So mm-hmm. no idea what to do with the boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, going through that with him, which was hard. And, and even today I can, I can smell his skin when I speak about it. You mm-hmm. know, it was always open and it was, it was like a little burns victim. And mm-hmm. so you just had to, you know, put the creams on and do whatever and sew mittens in, Um, you know, but I, he didn't sleep for probably 18 months, you know, Uh he would roll over and cry and he's, you know, and so I remember it took us a long time to fall pregnant for the second, you know, or to even try for a second child because it's like, I don't know whether I can do that again. Uh And we're just starting to come out of that when, um, you know, we decided, well, the doctor said there's no link, it's all good, great. So we get pregnant have a beautiful beautiful baby girl bella and three months to the day i'm sitting in a car driving back from the gold coast can still remember it turn around i could smell her skin and three months to the day we had exactly the same there the, the yeah, open exactly. skin with the infantile eczema um we knew a little bit more yeah. at that point but that was fine but yeah that was so new and and they did have allergies to things and bella still has allergies to mm. things and so it was not a I wouldn't say it was a bonding time. Mm. Loved my children to death, but it was not a bonding time. Mm. And so, um, you know, it probably wasn't until Luke hit school and his, he was fairly clear of everything by the time he'd gone to school. Um, but it does, it teaches you, and I look at that because I have friends and my sister who have no children, and I look at the difference of what it actually brings mm. to your life and at the time, you're tired, you are sleep-deprived, mm-hmm. um, and probably not really relying on prayer at that stage mm-hmm. because not really understanding all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it does, it teaches you that actually... God has a plan when he gives you children that is so much bigger than you can ever imagine. You can never imagine that you're going to love those kids just so very, very much. And, um, and in a blink of an eye, they're 27 and 24 and just amazing kids of God. And it's like, okay, you did that somewhere along the line, Lord. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you for helping me through that. Um, because yeah, it was, it was tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, the way you visualize motherhood and, and what actually happens.
0: <laughs> they are very different. That's a lesson
1: in itself, isn't it? Yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you are in a unique position again, and maybe I'm asking you to crystal ball a bit, but to be able to compare how you dealt with that, mm-hmm. um, with Luke, pre-church, pre-faith, and then fasting forward to, mm-hmm. to um, with Bella, now you're in a church mm. now you're beginning to pray and mm. was there a great difference for you in terms of your faith through those two journeys or
0: i think there was and i think when i look back it was probably the beginning of understanding what god wants to do for us mm. and even remembering you know significant women in our church just delivering mm. meals and and just trying to piece that all together that okay this is part of a bigger community and so i think yes far more relaxed with bell um in those situations but never any fear either mm-hmm. you know and her allergies are actually more severe than mm-hmm. luke so she carries an EpiPen um still to this day at 24 so hers hers manifested into those allergies whereas luke mm-hmm. lost that Um, But never any fear that that was going to debilitate her in any way or Mm. cause her to not achieve what she wanted to. Um, But seeing, I think, women blessing my children as well. And I am sure there were many women that were praying for my children. Um, I probably just didn't know it, you know. And, um, you know, you could see the physical evidence, particularly on Bella at that stage, that, you know, it wasn't great, you know, but, um, so I'm sure there were women upholding, but they were doing the practical things and that's what makes church attractive. You know, when, when you're just trying to work it all out, you know, they were dropping the meals in, they were making time to have a chat, you know, they were making time to grab Bella at church and take her for a walk or look after her downstairs and things like that. So I think as a mum, that's what we need. We need, um, We need women that are going to be there maybe just for that specific journey. Mm. And then we need those women that are there for the long term. And I see them. They're still there, you know, all these years later. And I know they love my kids Mm. because they've invested in that journey along. Maybe standing in the gap for me, you know, at that time when I was young in my faith and not really understanding. Mm. um, But I know that they are loved. Yeah.
1: But also that Scrabble too, being being sleep deprived. Mm. You know, any any thoughts that you might have had about speaking <laughs> speaking spiritually into your oh, children yes. happens happens through God. Mm-hmm. I, I can think of some examples where I've managed to to get something across. Yes, I <laughs> hope <laughs> something worthy. But but a lot of the time, mm-hmm. you are just. scrambling too and you're just going through
0: the motions Mm. you know and I was thankful that remembering you know Mark at that time coming back to his faith and he had grown up in a church of Christ home but gone away from that um, um And just him taking that bit of a lead in, he would read the 365, you know, children's Bible Mm. stories, you know, that would come out every night and he would sit with the kids and read. Mm. Um, And I think I gleaned a lot from those stories because while some stories, you know, when you're, you know, in the world, some stories, you know, Mm. A lot of there's a lot of those stories. I go, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I just thought this little bit about Noah and the Ark, or you know, yeah. what have you. Um, and so that probably started to. That was my childlike faith. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm grateful that he was able to step in at that time mm-hmm. and start to give them those foundations. Yeah. In that. Whereas I probably was just falling asleep (laughs) while he was reading them.
1: It is beautiful Mm. watching how God brings your husband in. Mm. You know, we tend to think of motherhood and you think of the Mm. mum. But the father is so important. And the way that God weaves him into their Mm -hmm. lives is a beautiful thing to watch. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to to Scripture. Mm. You were funny the way you talked about Scripture. And yet, you reference it frequently through your notes about Mm -hmm. how you... You weren't, you still find it, you say, you still find Mm. it difficult to come Mm. to the word, um, but there's so much of it Mm. woven through what you're saying. Mm. I think it's come to you. Mm. I I think that's a really good way of putting it, because
0: I think... Yeah, I couldn't, you know how, and I, I you know, I love it when we've got one of our young fellows at church at the, at the moment and we'll have a conversation, he'll say, oh, well, Jenny, in this, you know, in this story, in this book, and this, this is what happened, and, I, and I'm going, oh, was it? I didn't read that into it. Um, but I know that when, when I'm discussing things in its everyday life, I can hear that scripture coming out mm. and it's not in the words, so it's not the, the memory verses it's not the you know it's not the learning the words off by mm. heart, but it will be something that's triggered <clears throat> and it's, it's a word or it's a phrase and I know it's godly mm. and I think for me it's just putting it in everyday terms. And it's, Mm. um, I won't know where to find it always. And sometimes I have to, sorry, Lord, Google reference, you know, where's that Bible verse about, you know, where he says this, um, and I go, oh, there it is, you know, and that gets you to explore it a bit further, but it's the context Mm. I think. And it's the way that that's used in hopefully my everyday life Mm. that one day I might not feel guilty that I don't know where it all is in my Bible. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. And I think that's an ongoing thing because, you know, every time you pick up or you read, you know, and and the Psalms, I spent all year um, reading through the Psalms over a very tough time. And um, I know that I can go back to that and I will see something new in it Mm. now because it's a different season. That's what blows me away yeah. about scripture.
1: I found that too as I was reading the the psalm that you gave me, Psalm eighty four, and you've given me the the passion mm. translation. God, your wraparound presence mm. is our defense, and your kindness look upon the faces of your anointed ones. And I read through, I read through that psalm in my own Bible. Mm. My Bible is an NIV, mm. but I've found that it actually is slightly different from a lot of other NIVs mm. that I read. And when I read the other ones, I can't get the same feeling. I feel mm. as if my Bible is my Bible, yes. you know, just the way that it's... Written just for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's why these translations are so important. Mm. But as I read through to the end of that psalm, and I read again, Lord, I would rather be a doorkeeper in your house mm. than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Yeah. I don't know if it's the humbling mm. nature of motherhood, but that yes. is, you know, something that might have stuck mm. in my craw a bit earlier Yeah, on. absolutely. Um, now seems like yes, yes, bring it on. make yes. me a doormat. Absolutely. i can I'm happy to do it, mm, you know, because mm, it's just mm. just the the, the, the the newness of mm, reading it every mm. time.
0: And it is a newness, it, it is, and and when your relationship to God just continues to grow and grow through motherhood as it does, you know you see those similarities between how we are wired and what we want to do for our mm. children. And then when you understand that that's exactly what God wants to do for us, mm. that's the humbling part. Mm. And I think as as women living in the time that we live in, that's really hard to take mm. on that he would want to do that for us. You know, for me, I am a very, um, I'm a tactile person, you know, and hugging is my thing. Um, and so that wrap around arms for me was so important and, um, our good friend Simon came um, during the tough time where I was reading through the Psalms and and he and Sharon came to pray and that's what he prayed was these wraparound arms Mm. and I could feel them and I continue to feel them when I go into that relationship with him when I allow myself to do that Mm. um, because that's what I do I love to wrap my arms around people because mm. it tells them that they're loved, that they're safe, that just for this moment right now, I've got you. Mm. And that's exactly what he wants to do for us. Mm. Um, but it does, it takes different circumstances and it takes, um, as a mother, I think, for, for not for every mother, I understand that, but for a lot of mothers, I think that comes quite naturally. Mm. You want to wrap your kids up. You want to keep them safe. But taking that to the next level that, oh, that's what God wants to do for us, Mm. is it takes a lot to sit back and think, oh, okay, how does that work in my life?
1: Yeah. Mm. That's something that I've discussed with another guest was about, it's not just about meeting our needs, but what God does and what you discover as a mother is that, that's why it's so hard to ask for help, Mm. is that... um, only you know how your child needs to have those mm. needs met, Absolutely. and that's what God is for us. He comes to us exactly one on one. Who unique, mm. fearfully and wonderfully made, mm. you know. And I think, and I look at him and
0: I think, what a great job he has, <laughs> you know. He gets <laughs> to look and put all these bits together and say, "That's who you are." Look at all these great things I've done for you, mm. you know. And then we look at humanity and what goes on in the world, and you think why can't we all just take a step back and see that? You know, we talk about racial matters or, you know, it's like, hang on a minute. God's put each one of those people together perfectly. And I talked a lot to our youth about this because comparison is such a big thing. And, um, you know, talk to them about the nose you have is actually the nose that God designed. So why would you want to change it? Mm. Why would you want to compare it? You know, because it's like understanding that in everything that he is. He's a master craftsman. Mm. And he doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, that's right. So yeah.
1: it takes us a lot to understand, I yeah. think that yeah, mm. that that was actually another point that we discussed in the previous programme, or maybe it was just before, talking about these parts of our bodies that mm. we wish we didn't have or mm-hmm. we try and change. But mm-hmm. actually they're each each tiny part is really important. Yes. And it's it's understanding that our vision is not mm. on god's mm. purpose, mm. we have to <laughs> yes allow that to happen because we're mm-hmm. really focused on mm. the way things look to us, mm-hmm. and we have this tiny little view, yeah yeah, strangely enough, children with a tinier view still seem mm. to have a bigger
0: yes, absolutely understanding and outlook, Yeah. and that is that childlike faith you know, and it, it is that as mothers you know we we are called to be those who are leading guiding teaching all of that but that's what i've loved in that journey that i've been able to learn as much from my children
1: Mm.
0: i think probably even more about god and you know just what he has for us and and seeing him work in the kids lives you know really then spurs us on i think as parents
1: Thanks for listening today. You can find out more about the show, our guests, and subscribe and download through all our channels by visiting thegospelaccordingtomum.com. In part two of this episode, we learn how children have continued to speak into Jenny's faith and into the lives of her own parents, as well as how her own self-declared childlike faith has given her a continuous posture of worship and thankfulness. In the meantime, be encouraged, friend. And remember, the God who taught you to love will not leave you as you walk with him more and more at your own pace. I'm Tanya Reason, and you've been listening to the Gospel According to Mum. Till next time.